Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to the School of Humanity. This is Jason and Rachel Bowman, and we're happy to be back with you. We are discussing the discernment of spirits. We talked pretty well, I might add. <laughs> and very humbly, in fact. <laughs> rule 10, right? Yes, we did. We finished with rule 10. Well, we didn't finish. We, we didn't finish. We're going to re revisit it yes. a little bit. Why not? Um, but rule 10 says, the 10th, let him who is in consolation think how he will be in the desolation which will come after, taking new strength for then. Yeah. And we discussed briefly, you know, just to recap, how part of your consolation, you know, when you're in times where you feel close to the Lord, your first job, of course, is to receive that, um, consol- you know, those truths that are being given to you, that love that's being shown to you, and rest in that with peace, um, passively. Your first job is to do that, but then you know, as far as actively, you can do things to prepare yourself for the next time that you might fall into desolation. And and he's making it a point here to say, take the time, you know, while you see things clearly through the Lord's eyes, you know, because that's kind of how it is when we're consoled. We sort of see things how, at least not completely, obviously, because he's infinite and we're finite, but we have a more We've almost put on the eyes of Christ in a way. Yeah, I mean, um, I would say, too, we do that in other areas of our life, like non-spiritual areas of our life, that we should do the same thing. I mean, we should do ever more and even more um, forcefully with our spiritual lives, you know? Like, right. if, you're, if you are having a rough week at work and you know that vacation is coming, you will go on vacation and then you have to mentally prepare yourself to go back to work. It's very true. Um why don't we do the same thing right. in our spiritual lives, you well, know? And I think that, I mean, what comes to my mind is that, well, first of all, there a lot of us are in desolation very often in this workday right. world. Um, and the things that normally we seek consolation in are things that are not God. And, and what becomes the habit with that is that you constantly are trying over and over again to fill your heart with these things that don't console you and and it's almost like a hedonism you know right and, and when you are in that hedonistic mode let's say you've, you're trying to find your joy in food it's like a it's almost like a like a bliss that is like dumb you know it's like <laughs> it's like but donuts are really good you're trying honey. to like escape it's an escape from reality. Do you know what I mean? I know, um, but I don't understand why why you had to pick food. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, ne- pick your poison. I, I, I mean, we finished you... the last one where you were attacking food, so I just I feel like you need to talk about it. I'm not sure. Are you? Are you, do you need a donut right now? What's happening? <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts, so good. Um, <laughs> but. But, you know, so I think that when it comes to, when we have real spiritual consolation, maybe 
we have a tendency to fall into that like blind like we oh, fall it's in because of the like yeah we fall in love with the consolation itself and forget Christ the person right. you know the person we fall in love with the feeling and then it quickly goes away by the way when we do that and right. and um and we don't take advantage of meditating on truths in our right. life the the parts of our lives that we're that we're failing and and so, so I mean, that we can that's a big deal. do that's, better that's a really good point is that when when you are in consolation you have to intentionally do this role right like it's not going to come naturally to you right. to pause in your consolation and think about the fact that desolation might be coming. Right. But Well, hopefully it'll become natural eventually when you pr- practice this enough. Right. But right. that you have to um, consciously choose to have constant spiritual awareness. Right. Which is really what the, what these rules are about. I mean, I don't know if you, anyone remembers, but so many episodes ago when we first started talking about the discernment of spirits, I said that I likened it to um, knowing your room or knowing your bedside table or a space in your home so well that if someone were to come in and move anything, that you would know. You would know it. Right. I mean, I, I when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about like, um, I would think like your desk or something. Maybe the desk in your right. apartment or your home or even your desk at work. That if someone were to come in and move a pencil or someone even just not take it, but maybe just move it, that you know that space so well that you know that someone has moved it. Right. Um, and that that's the way we should be with our hearts. Right. The movement with of our, our spiritual hearts. lives. Yeah. yeah. That we know that our hearts are, are either entering into somewhere where it's being led by the bad spirit or entering into somewhere where there's constant consolation and you're being led by the good spirit, but that you're able to be so keenly aware of that. Right. Um, now, what are some of the practical ways that we can go about when we're in consolation, preparing ourselves for desolation. Well, Toner is one of um, the writers that Father Gallagher constantly, um, not constantly, but he, he quotes him a lot. But he talks about the fact that there are ways during consolation, very practical ways, to take on the new strength for the coming desolation. Right. And he says one is to uh, make a prayer of petition for strength and the future spiritual desolation. Um, yeah, I mean, simply just when you're in consolation, recognize that in the future you're going to be in desolation and <laughs> right. ask the Lord to help you. Right. I Lord, mean, may I not take this time for granted and may I gain strength for this journey. Yeah, perfect. Um, meditations on truths that will sustain you in desolation. Um, he gives the example of like reading Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not mm, want. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the consideration of the value of the desolation. You know, of being able to take, when you're intentionally thinking about the coming desolation, to also look back and go, you know, last time I went through desolation, it was hard, but man, I grew so much from that. And I learned so much during that desolation. I learned more about myself um, that though we cannot see it now in the darkness of the moment, God is in the past is once more offering us spiritual growth. So it's very important to, to pause and remember that. Um, and then, of course, renewing your resolution to stick to rule number five, which was to not 
make any changes in desolation. So let's say that you're in consolation and you're super excited about, you know, your relationship with God and you say that you're going to go give your witness talk. You make a commitment to, you know, go give your witness talk at like four retreats next month or you are committed to do this, this, and this. In your consolation, making sure that you're saying, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm making this decision in consolation with clear mind, clear heart, and when the desolation comes, I'm not going to change this. Right. So, um, what I, the vision that I have in my mind is like, I imagine this man like in the desert with, you know, the typical garbs you'd see, you know, because they typically have clothes that cover most of their body because it's so blistering hot and even maybe something covering his face and like the wind is blowing and there's all this sand, you know, swirling around him and all he can do is like keep his eyes down and just press forward, you know, um, with the, uh, you know, the thought of, you know, the Lord, you know, Uh, and you're almost like, and and he can't see anything around him, you know. You're almost blind a lot of times when you're in desolation, it seems like. Right. Um, so in those moments, if you can reel it in and not give in to the chaos around you, but be prepared because you knew going into it that this was going to happen and you oh can God. cling to that scripture verse or whatever it is, that small thing. Because what you're really doing is walking by faith. Right. St. John of the Cross talks about this, you know, this is sort of the essence of the, the dark night and in some ways, you know, is where eventually everything is so stripped that all that there remains is this faith, you this know, trust. this, yeah, this trust. And, uh, so. Yeah. He gives, um, a really beautiful example of, of, we just recently watched with the kiddos, um, Prince of Egypt. Right. And, but he gives a very good example of um, of this being like Joseph during those seven years. Of oh, yeah, that's right. He does. I love the deprivation, that. Deprivation, you know. I love that, yeah. That um, he sees that there is desolation ahead, that there will be famine, and um, that if he doesn't prepare, then all the people in Egypt could starve. Yeah. So during the seven, seven years. Yeah. Well, during the seven years of fruitfulness of consolation, if you will, right. they spent that time preparing, preparing for joyfully, the but yes. pre- but preparing. Right. You know? And so that when the desolation did come, they were prepared for it. Right. Everyone could sustain. Right. And it wasn't a time of flourishing. You know, the de- time of desolation was not a time when everyone was joyfully doing right. things, but they they were able to survive it. Yeah. Um, and then at last podcast, we gave an example of someone on a bus or a boat. Um, and we, Jason and I were talking about the fact that we also wanted to share about the, uh, the parallel of, of two people being on a bus. Right. And so we talked about that. This is definitely like that. So you have two people, imagine two men on a bus on their way to work. And they're both dressed very nicely. They both have, you know, presentations maybe to make at work that day. They've got their briefcase. They're ready to go to work. Things are going great. One guy is on the bus and he sees up ahead. He's looking up ahead, thinking about his day. But he sees up ahead that there is a sharp turn coming. So he grasps the seat next to him because he's standing. 
and the turn comes and you know he's maybe just jostled a little bit but he's completely himself um afterwards and but then you have the other guy who is he's not really looking ahead he's kind of spaced out maybe if you will the nothing box if uh we've we've talked about that with some of the other young adults but he's not he's not paying attention um but he's on the bus and he also has a presentation they're going to the same place um and he doesn't realize that there's a turn coming up ahead so the turn comes and it knocks him off of his feet he drops his briefcase he maybe hits his knee he maybe jostles his clothes a little bit and then once the turn is gone he's having to get everything back together right straighten up his clothes you know recover but the difference now is is that they both still go to the same destination I mean, they both still go to work. They both still have what lays before them. But the guy who paid attention and the guy that was spiritually aware is able to just go about his day. Mm, right. And the other gentleman who is not was not spiritually aware, was not prepared, right. um, his whole day is now. Right. This and, is the incredible spiritual fruit that this rule has to offer. Right. I, I think what you just said in particular that strikes me is... Um, if you aren't prepared, the time that it takes to pull yourself back together spiritually after some serious desolation, it can be substantial to recall, right. you know, to, to put yourself back together. But if you're prepared for it, if you know the tactics of the enemy, if you know that he's going to try to challenge your identity and, you know, um, and you're ready for it, then you don't you won't have to take so much time to sort of undo all of that that damage that's been done to you and you can because right. the the whole point of this which we're going to get to in the next rule is to is to have a sort of um, a balance a balance yeah like a spiritual steadiness you know um that's not tossed about in the waves of consolation and desolation back and forth back and forth you know but you know how to react in both both situations so that you um so that you you know live actually how the lord has called you to live right you know so that's perfect to go into the 11th rule we're doing pretty good because we there's only 14 so the 11th the rule let him who is consoled see to humbling himself and lowering himself as much as he can, thinking how little he is able for in the time of desolation without such grace or consolation. On the contrary, let him who is in desolation think that he could do much with the grace sufficient to resist all his enemies, taking strength in his creator and Lord. Right, so when I think about being in consolation for those who are kind of maybe new to the spiritual life, you know, like they've had an encounter with the Lord. Or new to this this podcast. Mm, No. 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 Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, When you are, I mean, I'm speaking personally, like when I, had my encounter with Christ that a deepening my relationship with him and I was getting regularly pretty 
significant spiritual consolations. I mean, they may not be, it may not be that they're necessarily so significant. It's just like, you're your more whole, predisposed. Well, I mean, your whole world has now changed, right? you know? Um, and so the consolations are intense and, um, there's a lot of things that become true. You know, people talk about like how there's this temptation to start to judge other people in the beginning too, because now you can see the (laughs) faults for what they are and you can see other people where they're making their mistakes. And so there's this spiritual pride that, that lurks in the background when you're in consolation quite frequently, you know? And so, and that of course turns the consolation and the fruits of it, on its head you know the enemy is right there the whole diabolic thing has just occurred where he took what should be a time where you grow and actually you know you go down cut it off at the root right (laughs) now pride has ensued and so humility has got to be a focal point and that and that's what he's doing here is when you're in consolation seek a humble heart yeah we have to in particular embrace uh humility um yeah i mean i think that of course i'm sure you guys are used to this but anytime that we are speaking of things in spiritual life it always draws me back into speaking of of our marriage in particular of course because that's what we know but um there are times when i see jc you know with the kids or uh doing his thing as as far as this man that I've married and when I say his thing you know teaching other people about Christ or just being himself and I'm just so overcome with love for him and in those moments you know I'll be just like gosh I'm just amazed at how much I love him but my next thought generally is and I can't believe he loves me back you know and so I would say that it's it's <laughs> almost the same the same thing is that you can be drawn into this love of God but then the correct posture then is I can't believe he loved me first. Right. Um, His love is humiliating. It is. It is so humiliating. It's the proper response to to being loved by him. Um, It's just to feel complete humiliation. But again, the proper thing to do is to accept it. So you have to accept that you're beloved because if you reject it and you say, how can that be? You know, I'm, look at me, I'm not lovable. Right. Well, now you've just spoiled the fruit, you know, right. you know, and that's a big part of, I think what a lot of, right. A lot of people have a problem. That's where it stops is that they, I mean, again, it's just like with it, with our, our relationship, if they would have, if I would have set in the disbelief that you had chosen me and right. never allowed you to really love me. Right. Um, we wouldn't, there's no way we would be where we are right? or be able to go where we are going, God willing. But that, um, yeah, you have to allow, you have to be vulnerable to his love. Right. Because like we've said in, in the past podcast, he is not a forceful lover. He is not aggressive with you. He is going, Christ is going to just wait for you. Right. He is alluring you. Right. He's not, you know. It's subtle, but it's just completely overwhelming at the same time, you know. It is. I mean, it, it can be, I mean, there are times in, like when they, the saints talk about ecstasy, but even in my own personal life, you know, I, there are times when consolations are so intense that, you know, you can scarcely 
move <laughs> you know it's just this every it, as we talk about this it makes me think of that video that was circulating on a on facebook about the man who was colorblind and oh, his yeah. children his grandchildren or children got him the glasses that allowed him to see oh yeah and so it wasn't a big deal you should definitely look it up look up like colorblind man sees colors or something like that but he and i mean he's an elderly man i mean he was probably right. what like in his 60s yeah and 70s um and they give him the gift of these glasses and he's like oh it's just sunglasses and um one of the kids is like yeah it's supposed to be help you see colors mm-hmm. and he's like really and they're like yeah it'll help you see things like we see them right which i thought was such a poignant oh, yeah. thing just that the, that language there but he puts them on and immediately starts crying, you know, because, um, and I would imagine that truly having an encounter with God is just like it that. It is like that. Which is the same gift that we try to bring to other people is this being able to see things as we see them. Yeah. Um, so consolation, you're seeking a humble heart and in desolation, you should be seeking the fact that a trusting heart, a trusting heart yeah. that you, you need to trust him. Right. Um, and that he has given you sufficient grace and strength during this time. Um, so spiritual desolation with trust, spiritual consolation with humility. And it's not necessarily that this rule in and of itself is so instructive and so distinctive for us, you know, but that it's the juxtaposition or the balancing of spiritual consolation and desolation, which are both present in this rule. Right. It makes me think of that, um, for some reason it makes me think of that scripture verse where they talk about the Lord is the Lord of the living and of the dead. You know, he, right. he is the Lord always in, in every situation. And so, um, although this life entails ups and downs he is the king of all of it and there right. there there is a a saintly response to every situation right you know just like every situation is also has spiritual implications to it um and you reap fruit from both that's right. the thing is that a saint goes from glory to glory, you know. Right. It doesn't matter what comes his way. Nothing is ever against you. Yeah, there's a beautiful um, quote in here from St. Julian of Norwich where she says that, you know, that there the feelings of joy that we have, we don't deserve, you know. Or these moments of consolation are freely given as gifts from Christ, from God. But that sometimes he also allows in sorrow. But that both are from love right from a heart that loves us but this is this goes back to the the thought of balance but he says discerning persons and welcoming the gift of spiritual consolation and in striving to resist in time of spiritual desolation preserve a kind of spiritual equilibrium humble in time of spiritual consolation and trusting in time of spiritual desolation they progress faithfully through the alternations of these two contrary movements with a certain spiritual balance and maturity. This balance is the growing fruit of constantly renewed efforts to live in spiritual consolation with such humility and spiritual desolation with such trust. 
All that Ignatius has said thus far in his rules is intended to assist us in achieving precisely this balance. Right. And it really becomes sort of a, uh, a sm- more of a smooth road anyway. You're not being tossed up and down right. emotionally all the time. Right. It's like it's so, it's so, it transitions so smoothly that, you know, you don't, the recognition of whether you're being consoled or desolate may in a way become, they bleed into each other because your response is, is more it's still is still you know drawing right. you close it to him. It reminds me of um, Therese of uh, Lisieux when she says, you know, I always get what I want because I want whatever he gives, you know, and that's what it is to be a child, you know, when Christ, you know, pulled aside the child to his his close disciples and said, unless you become like this little child, right, you know. I mean, if it's true that our hearts are restless until we rest in him, then we should try to achieve that rest in all that we have. You know, this world, of course, is very trying and sometimes very dark, um, but it's also beautiful and, and full of goodness from him. And so the way that we are intended to live in it is not irrational and imbalanced, you know? Right. Like in the same in the same 30 minutes, you should not be going back and forth with the waves, you know? <laughs> um, we all know those people. Um, I, I think I've been that person on occasion. Um. <laughs> Don't say anything, honey. Um, or we're, you know, like uh, Martha running to the door, you know, like you, because you didn't come fast enough, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> right. But because you're here, I know that if anyone can can bring him back, it is you. Right. Like it was so, it's like a span of like, 10 seconds and she's just gone from like every end of the spectrum (laughs) and back again. But that is not, that's not the way the Lord intends us to live. You know, we are supposed to be living in rest and in, in him, whether that is in humility or trust, perhaps both, but that they bring a beautiful balance. And that's really, um, what these rules are are meant to do is help you to achieve that balance because it, there's knowledge is power, you know, um, and spiritual awareness is definitely right where that power lies. How do you think these rules have um, helped you? Think that you've gained some spiritual awareness from them? Yeah, and I I think that probably for me in particular, it has to do with the um, what to do in desolation, you know, because I mean. If I may be so blunt, I guess, you know, I I think I, my heart is such that, um, if I'm being honest, you know, it, it can go into despair, you know. Um, I feel like I love intensely and that <laughs> I despair intensely. Right. Um, <laughs> and so... That's Jason's excuse for being dramatic. Okay, the... <laughs> So I think that learning, you know, what not to do and what to do in spiritual desolation to and and Helps more than achieve balance. More more than anything, you know, being aware right. of of that there is such thing as desolation and and that right. there's a reason for it and yeah, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I think too like that's as a girl, the main thing. <laughs> as a girl, as a female, we're so quick to be like, maybe she's just moody, you know, or, you know, maybe, um, 
or we ignore it altogether and we tell ourselves that, you know, um, I'm just having a moody day or, you know, I'm just being hormonal today, especially as, as a pregnant woman, sometimes you can just kind of write it off as, oh, I'm just being hormonal, which, you know, sometimes maybe that's true, <laughs> but right. being able to give things a name right. is so important. It is. You know? It is. And um, gives you so much more power, not over, not over the desolation or constellation itself, but just a power to know your, your heart to know your heart well. Right. And then also you, it doesn't give you control over, you know, whether or not you're in desolation or consolation, but it does give you strength to face them, um, as gifts from God. You know? Right. You're able to do your part to sustain, you know, um, your walk with the Lord. Um, right. On the, on the straight and narrow, you know, and so next time when we come back, we will be diving into 12, 13, and 14, which actually are some of my favorites because 12, 13, and 14 talk about um, the things that you do during consolation or the, in between those two things because you're not always in, in both of them. Um, you're not always in consolation. You're not always in desolation. Right. Um, so he talks about the things that you can do during those times. Right. Um, and some of the imagery that St. Ignatius uses, because, you know, he's very famous for his imagery, is pretty awesome. <laughs> he talks about uh, an abusive lover, or an elusive oh, lover. Right, right. And he talks about uh, the tower, that, that um, the enemy is surrounding the tower, you know, and things yeah. to do during that time. So those are just little little tidbits to keep you listening to us. Um, <laughs> And again, no fitness um, parallels here. Maybe next time, I'm sure of it. So <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to think of one, but I know it's, it's not, not coming. happening. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you guys so much we do. listening to um, what the Lord has put on our hearts, and we are praying for you. Yeah, please pray for us. And we'll talk to you again next week. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bullman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.